Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. It's great to be back with all of our listeners again today. And we're so thankful to have this opportunity each day to open up God's Word and study a little bit more with all of you. If you happen to be listening for the very first time, you know we're thankful for all of our listeners. Always, really are thankful. But we're thankful for our new listeners in a special way you're listening for the first time or the first few times. And our prayer is that as you continue to listen, you will quickly come to realize that Search the Scriptures is not just the name of a program, but it is exactly what we do on this program. We dig deep into God's Word. We peel the layers of the onion back, so to speak. We look at the Scriptures in depth and in detail, and we still try to explain them in a way that is easy to understand and that makes sense for your everyday life. We really want to help you get to heaven. We want to help you understand what God expects of you in order to be with him for all of eternity. He wants you to come to him in repentance of your sins, confessing your faith in Jesus Christ as his son and your Lord and Savior, and surrendering to him in baptism, at which point the blood of Christ, that God sent Jesus to that cross to shed as a sacrifice, the shedding of blood to cover, to redeem all mankind to, of the, from the guilt of their sins, that blood in baptism will still cleanse you completely from the guilt of your sins. And you will be reborn spiritually. You will become a new creation, as the Apostle Paul put it in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. Oh yes, our prayers, our prayers are with you and our prayers are for you, and we really do pray for you. We'd love to hear from you. You can contact us through our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Now, if you're in the Omaha area or anywhere else, you can call us at 402-498-8397, 402-498-8397. Now, we encourage you to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com, scroll down to the home page to the podcast button, click on that, and sign up for our podcasting. It'll only take you about one minute. It is free. It always will be free. Now, let me say that again. It always will be free. We're here to help you get to heaven. We're not after your wallet or your pocketbook. When you sign up for our podcasting, you'll receive all of these programs every day. They'll go right to your smart device, whatever one you choose, your smartphone, your computer, laptop, tablet, pad, whatever it might be. They'll be there automatically on your device and you can listen to them in case you're not able to tune in at the times that they're actually broadcast, even though we're on several times a day, you'll be able to listen to them when you do have that opening in your schedule. And you can also share them because it'll be a podcast. You can share them with, with others around you, friends and family members and work associates and neighbors, literally anybody and everybody through text messages, through Facebook friends, or whatever technological means you have access to. But you'll receive more than just these radio programs. You receive all of our sermons. You receive our Sunday morning and Wednesday night Bible classes, as long as we continue to podcast those. But you'll also get a great, short, 12 or 13 minute 
daily Bible study that we call today's Bible class, and that's seven days a week. Get into God's Word, talking about very pertinent spiritual and personal matters that affect your life and the lives of those around you. So do sign up for our podcasting. Again, it is free, and it always will be free. We're going to get back into our study. We're talking about a real, uh, oh, just pressing. In fact, many people carry this this feeling of guilt around on their shoulders like an anvil on their shoulders. And that is, they feel like they're struggling with some particular sin in their life that they just can't seem to let go of. They can't seem to quit. They know it's wrong. They know it's self-destructive. They want to quit it, but they just can't seem to do that. They try, but they keep going back to it. They beat themselves up over it, and then they go back to it anyway. They may even shed many tears. They feel heartache, but they just can't seem to quit. Is that where you're at? Or maybe there's someone in your life who fits that description exactly? Well, first, we wanted to make the point and establish the fact that God does not give a wink and a nod at sin. He expects us to live a holy and righteous life here in this world if we want to enjoy eternal life with him in heaven. He wants us to live a righteous life here. So there are many people who want to be able to continue in sinfulness and still be okay with God and with Christ. That does not happen. God expects you to repent of your sins, to turn your life around, to change your mind, make up your mind to stop sinning, to stop living a lifestyle of sin, to turn away from whatever that is that you struggling with and you know is wrong and you've tried to quit but you can't seem to let go. He expects you to turn away from that. Except you repent, you will all likewise perish, Jesus said in Luke chapter 13 and verse 3. But then having repented and come to him in repentance and surrender, in baptism for, for the remission of your sins, he expects you not just to have come to him in that initial way and say, okay, that takes care of it, and then go back to that sin again, or a lifestyle of sinfulness. No, he expects you to live a holy life before him. In Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, he says, the apostle Paul says, I beseech you, brethren, that you present your bodies, in other words, your life, a living sacrifice. God expects you to live in obedience, in faithfulness, in service, and dedication to him, for the rest of your life, every day. Paul says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. And you need to live that transformed life. The Apostle Paul talked about how his life had transformed in Galatians 2 and verse 20. James wrote in James 1 and verse 27, pure and undefiled religion before God is to keep ourselves unspotted from the world because the world is engulfed in the darkness of sin, is lost in sin, and one day God's going to bring this world to an end. But those who are walking with him in consistent, faithful obedience and dedication will be with him for all of eternity in heaven. Paul in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 through 24, says that we need to put off that old man. In other words, we've got to turn away from that old lifestyle of sinfulness 
and we've got to put on the new man or become a new person, a new creation, as Paul put it in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, a new creation from a spiritual perspective. We've got to become a new person, one who no longer is living that lifestyle of sin, one who has determined, made up his mind, and is working diligently through the blessings, the strength, and the power of God to overcome whatever that sin is that you think you can't let go of. Now, where are you? Where is that person in your life, that person you know? Are you struggling with some sin that you can't seem to quit? It may be alcohol, drugs, pornography, sexual immorality, pedophilia, gambling, lying, gossip, hatred, profanity, laziness, maybe procrastination of doing, not doing what you know you should be doing, keeping, keeping on putting it off over and over and over again. You know you shouldn't put it off, but you keep putting it off anyway. Well, the list could go on. Is there some sin that you know you need to quit, that you want to quit, but you just can't seem to quit? Let's look at Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. There's the story, the parable of the talents, as it's called. Now understand that when you're talking about talents, when you're looking at the literal translation of this particular parable, the talent was a sum of money in that area, that part of the world, in that day, in that culture. It was a sum of money. And so the master, in verse 14, the kingdom of heaven so this is a parable or a story of a real lifelike set of circumstances and to get the message across. The message is about the kingdom of heaven, about being with God and Christ in heaven, about being right with them and living in the kingdom of heaven while we're still even on this earth because the kingdom is, is the church here on this earth. The kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. To each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. So the master put in the charge and in the care of each of these three servants a sum of money according to the individual ability of each one of these servants to be able to handle what he put into their care. So one, he, to one he gave five talents. To another he gave two talents. To another he gave just one talent. And then he went on a journey. Now, went on a journey. I don't know that these servants knew when their master would be back. <clears throat> have we, do, we have, <clears throat> do we have a master who has gone on a journey? Yes, Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 1, he ascended back to heaven. Now the Hebrews writer in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 28 says he's coming back. God knows when that day will be. It will be the final day of judgment. But we don't know. So we're waiting for our master to come back. When he comes back, he's going to hold us accountable for how we have lived our lives what God has put in our care, our lives, our souls. 
we're going to be held account for how we have dealt with our souls, with our lives, while still here in this world, Jesus will be that judge. We will appear before his judgment seat, and we will answer for what we have done or not done while still alive in this world. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10. So the account goes on in Matthew chapter 25 in verse 19. He who received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. In other words, they had been responsible with what the master had put in their charge. They had worked with it and they had actually increased the sum of money that he had put into their care. Again, we're, we're talking about a story here that has an ultimate lesson that we're supposed to pick up on and make the application from to our lives. He who received one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. And a long time, after a long time, the Lord, the master of those servants, came and settled accounts with them. How are you living in regards to how are you taking care of your soul? You see, God created you unique from everything else that he created in that he created you with a soul. In that way, he created you in his image. You have a spiritual being within your physical body, and that spiritual being is what God wants to be with him for all of eternity. He wants you to be there in heaven for all of eternity. But he's left your life, he's left your soul in your care while you're still alive in this world. How have you dealt with? How have you taken care of? Have you nurtured? Have you grown stronger spiritually in your lifetime? Are you growing spiritually right now, today, every day? Are you in God's word? Are you becoming stronger in your faith? Are you serving God actively, dedicated, on an ongoing daily basis? Because again, we will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ and give account of what we have done in the body, whether good or bad. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10. When will that day come? We don't know. Here in Matthew 25 verse 19, after a long time, the Lord of those servants or the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Do you get that? The Lord, our Lord, Jesus Christ has been gone a long time. One day he's coming back. We don't know when that day will be. I suspect that those servants did not know when their Lord or their master would come back. But he did come back and he settled accounts with them. In verse 20, so he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. What was the response of his master? His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Oh, that servant had done well. He had been responsible in the way that he dealt with what the Lord had left in his charge and care. 
he also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. So this third servant did nothing of a responsible nature with what had been left in his care by his master. He buried it in the ground. He simply gave that back to him. He had not used it responsibly. Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant. You you knew I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. Again, we're we're looking at a story here a real-life kind of story that we can relate to. Christianity is not about money. It's about eternal salvation. It's about your soul. It's about eternal life. But the master tells that servant, you're wicked, you're lazy, you did not act responsibly toward what I put into your charge, what I expected you to take care of and nurture and grow. And so then he says in verse 28, take the talent from him. Give it to him who has 10 talents. And to everyone who has more will be given. In verse 30, he says, cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And that is an image that we're supposed to relate to as being from a spiritual perspective eternal condemnation and punishment and torment in hell for the unfaithful servant, for the unrighteous servant, for the one who is not dedicated, active, and serving, who is not growing in his spiritual life, who is not serving his Lord, God, Christ, in an active, dedicated way, faithful way, obedient way. God expects you to serve him actively and obediently. But now let's pick up a point here. He expects you to be good and faithful, but not perfect in and of yourself and your own power. God knows that you can only be perfect through Jesus Christ. God knows your weaknesses. In Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 20, we read this about the sinfulness of mankind. The wise man wrote, There is not a just man on earth who does good good, and does not sin. You see, in and of ourselves, we're sinful. In 1 Kings chapter 8 and verse 46, we read similarly. When they sin against you, 
For there is no one who does not sin. No one who does not sin. In Isaiah chapter 64, Isaiah 64 and verse 6, the prophet wrote, We are all like an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are like filthy rags. We all fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. God knows you have weakness. He knows what your particular weaknesses are. He knows that you are susceptible to temptation. He realizes that. The Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 3 and verse 10, There is none righteous, no, not one. That is, in and of ourselves, by ourselves, on our own, we cannot be righteous. It is only through Christ and the shedding of his blood and our coming to him and being baptized for the remission of our sins, repenting, changing our lives, that we can be counted righteous by God and before God. In Romans 3 and verse 23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Galatians 3 and verse 22, the scriptures can find all under sin. God knows your weakness. And let me tell you, you have a particular temptation, or maybe two or three, that you are especially susceptible and vulnerable to. I call these Achilles heel temptations. Every one of us has one or two or three of them that we struggle with over and over and over again through life. Now, you may be one of those individuals with whom you are struggling over some particular temptation to sin that you say, I, I know I need to quit. I want to quit. My heart's desire is to quit, but I can't, I can't seem to get past it. God knows your weaknesses. He knows that you need his strength to get you past that particular sin in your life. And he offers his strength to you. Now we're going to come back next time and talk about that. God expects you to be good and faithful. But he knows that on your own, you're not perfect. But through his strength, through his power, through the blood of Christ, you can overcome that sin. You can get past it. You can grow strong spiritually. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you for letting us know that you know who we are. You know our weaknesses. And that you have promised that if we will walk with you faithfully, consistently, that you will extend your strength to us so that we can overcome those weaknesses, and those temptations that we struggle with so mightily. Please help us to accept your assurance that with your power, with your strength, we can overcome that sin that we have struggled with so long and have seemed to not be able to let go of. You can deliver us from that sin. 
Thank you, Father. Please be merciful with us. And Father, we do seek your forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Please hear our prayer in his name. Amen.